0: Welcome to TechNATO with Don Pezet, featuring sysadmin expert Don Pezet, security specialist Daniel Lowry, and Peter.
1: Hello and welcome to TechNATO with Don Pizzette. I'm your host, Peter Van Rysdam, and we're joined back live again. Bye, Don Pizzette. Don, how are you doing?
2: I am doing great. Glad to be back on the show. You know, I had to miss yesterday, or last week, because of a <laughs> couple of meetings. But uh, glad to be done with the meetings and back onto the TechNado where I can have some fun. You
1: need to get your priorities straight. And Daniel, how are you doing today?
0: Trying not to use the word jankum. <laughs> it's very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> just, it's easier to just make the noise,
1: noises, but yeah. then go over <laughs> to the noises now. Oh, I don't know if you, uh, Don. Last week we got the noises back. We have the oh, sound. Back. back. Yeah, yeah. It takes a little bit of. It's like a real technado again. Yeah. I have to go over here and then. Wow, it's an optimized hit, system this That isn't it? button. This is default, and it takes a really long time. But uh, yeah, oh, oh, there it is. Yeah. I don't know how to stop
2: it. If I hit that again, <laughs>
0: it just keeps. Does it are. just start over? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think that's exact. I don't think I'm hearing the soundboard. I think I just it- <laughs> Yeah, that's our actual. On the internet. <laughs>
1: our actual uh, listeners. Yeah. And welcome. <laughs> I picked the longest sound. It's still going. Too. All right. Oh, there we go. It's yeah. over. Finally. So we can move on uh, to our first article of a lot of news to get to this week. Some interesting stuff. This one's from TechRadar.pro or .com. Oh, it says TechRadar.pro <laughs> on the top. Uh, on the header, but it's techradar.com from the people at techradar.probe.com com. There we go. <laughs> yeah, dot .probe. <laughs> uh, because this is a probe-based article. Uh, Mars probe running Windows 98 receives software update after two decades. And so this is obviously a probe that went into space a long time ago, because if it's at Mars, so... Correct. Probably went with the latest and greatest. But here's my question. Up until this point, if I had been able to get another device... Within proximity, could I have hacked this thing? Because I'm sure it
2: wasn't being
3: patched.
2: Uh, Probably with certainty. So this is a a probe that was sent up by the European Space Agency. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the first things I wondered about was like in the U.S., uh, NASA spends a long time vetting software before they send it into space, and so it, it's well documented they've got uh, Linux in a number of uh, of our space probes. They use Red Hat on the International Space Station. So I, I hadn't heard of Windows 98 being used on a probe, uh, but this one's European, so apparently I hadn't read about it. Uh, but you know, Windows 98 it has not been supported for quite some time. They never say if it's Windows 98 SE or not. Mm. So this could really be a very early version of it, uh, which means definitely. But it likely doesn't have any network connectivity. So it's designed to uh, basically study planets. I know it was, I think it was Mars that it was studying, um, and basically sending back uh, seismic and uh, geographic, not geographic, whatever the rock data is, uh, so they could study the crust of the planet. Geologic, there we go. Um, but But
1: for 19 years, they've had the little alert that says, you need to, to update. Restarts, it yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, but they're like, it'll restart, and we can't do that while it's orbiting. So
2: <laughs> that, That's a real challenge they had, you know? So they, they were dealing with some storage. They wanted to update some software, and they were able to push that update out over the internet. Now, this is not a Windows 98 update. They were updating their, <laughs> their software, software running on Windows 98, uh, but it does show how legacy software has a tendency to hang
0: around. And what's interesting is, like, you know how we always talk about you got to buy this new thing and you got to buy that new thing because the old and busted crap just like dies on you after so much time. You can't rely on that. How long has this thing been up in, in Mars? And uh, the spinning disc, I assume, which it is installed on, is still spinning, reading and yeah. writing and doing the things that we say that they will die. Over, and yet here it is, still rocking and rolling.
2: You know, we've got an article later on Adobe, and I saw a comment in one of the forums that was talking about Acrobat Reader that I thought would kind of align with hmm. this, where they said Acrobat Reader 5 was 10 megabytes in size and it read PDFs. Right. Acrobat Reader 21, or whatever the current version is, is over 300 megabytes in size, and it reads PDFs. So, like, functionally, it doesn't really deviate from its original purpose, but they bolted on all the cloud stuff Mm. and the DocuSign and all the other things that are built into Acrobat now, uh, and that bloat is not necessarily a good thing. The the original version did what it did really well, and that's how these probes are. They're built with, like, the minimum amount of functionality possible, which is why it's kind of surprising they used Windows 98 at all because Windows does not lend itself to being shrunk down. Yeah, does it need a
0: graphical user interface? Does it need, you know, all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff? Uh, And even... I mean, because like we said, there's Linux out there and Linux has been around for, I mean, I've heard of how that. long ago did this go up? Uh, it said 19 years. 19 years? So, yeah. 03. Since 03. Oh, so yeah, Linux has been around plenty of that time. Could it, I, I'm, I'm surprised it didn't go that way because when you read about how, oh, we were storing all these files and we don't need that anymore, so we can update our software and it can do more and better. It's like, what made you go with Windows at that point in time and not Linux yeah. for the small size and the speed and well, like Jurassic for Park state Unix? It. They did. They they did.
2: Uh, but if you if you were to rewind to two thousand and three, Linux was not where it is today. No, right. But it
0: was still running a lot of servers at the time, though. I I, right? I would disagree. I think back
2: back then, you know, BSD had yeah. a bigger presence. Okay, uh, and yeah. so it was out there. You still had SCO Unix and and, yeah, and yeah. solutions like that that were in use. Um, Solaris was still a thing in two thousand and three. Yeah. But aren't you so, saying yeah. that NASA would have been using Linux at, at that time? I'm not entirely sure if they would have. Because uh, you know, remember Linux came out in its its current form 91. like in 1992, 1991 yeah. uh, So you're really just over that 10 year mark when you get to 2002 2003 when this yeah. probe went up. Um, I don't know and I I think back to like my experience in the IT field back then, Linux was just not wide, widely accepted at that time.
1: Hmm. Yeah I want to see what kind of computer is on the Voyager probe because uh, that's the one that went out in the 70s. Forever ago. Yeah. and, yeah. and yeah. it's out. Out the raw man yeah. Major. Oh, they, yeah. <laughs> they've had to send
0: up new punch cards that, that yeah. chase it down and You like how I exposed the fact that I'm a huge nerd like every now and then. They'll <laughs> say things like Vejer. Yeah. And that that takes commitment too cuz that means you watched Star sure Trek the Motion did. Picture
2: more than once.
0: <laughs> more than once. Yeah, I, that's I a, a great to.
2: flick. Yeah, uh, you know, but the the V-ger twist ending yeah. which we're ruining for everybody this <laughs> 40-year-old movie.
0: All, all uh, the all the 19-year-olds that are listening are like what the hell is this Viger thing about? he's talking yeah. about? Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, it wasn't as shocking as, like, I see dead people. Yeah. No, it wasn't. <laughs> but it was really? still good. They should still let good. M. Night Shyamalan redo <laughs> Star Trek The Motion Picture.
0: Yeah, I'm down. They got, they got our, the the people that live in space instead of the woods.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. says the total number of, of words among the six computers is about 32K. It's words? Does that make sense? I don't know what that means.
0: 18-bit. Uh, so, words seems like it's a programming thing. Yeah, the wor- the computer like command a D word, system, or like CCS. a double word. It's it's a it's the size of a of a um like a data type. Okay, right? yeah. It says it's two
1: 18-bit word interrupt type processors with 4096 words each of non-volatile plated wire memory.
2: Hmm, it's
0: pretty tight. And right now it's. <laughs>
1: I mean, it's brushing past Uranus yeah, I, I on bet, the way uh, into uh, space. Yeah. I
0: bet Bill Gates has got two middle fingers up right now going, remember that time we like released Windows 98 and it blue-screened on us? <laughs> Eat that! <laughs> yeah, yeah, it has stayed online for quite some time.
1: All right, well, let's stay in the hardware world with an even more confusing article uh, from <laughs> Tom'sHardware.com. Uh, see if you can follow me on this one because I'm reading it and I can't follow. Rocket 4 plus Destroyer 2 arrives with 64 terabytes of PCIe 4.0 storage. Uh, what $16,000 worth of high-speed storage looks like? So we need to break down that first part where I said Rocket 4 plus Destroyer 2. <laughs> this is not—we're not adding these together. This is
2: two things. Right, two things. things. Yep, so the, uh, uh, the company Sabrent, or however you say it, I think it's Sabrent, uh, they make SSD drives. You can find them on uh, Amazon pretty frequently. They have released an 8-terabyte NVMe disk, and that's their Rocket 4 Plus NVMe disk. So you can buy an 8-terabyte one. Uh, it goes for about $1,500 for an 8-terabyte disk, which sounds like a lot because you can get an 8-terabyte spinning disk for 150 bucks, right? So this is is 10 times that price, but it's NVMe, so it's fast, mm-hmm. right? And and that, that's good. Well. They've combined that with a carrier board. Now, the carrier boards made by another company called High Point, and the the carrier board sells for about a thousand dollars. Well, when you put the two together, you can have eight of these rocket four plus drives on this one carrier board, to get up to 64 terabytes of NVMe storage spread across eight drives with full RAID. so You can do RAID 0 striping or, or other combinations uh, and have all of that on a single PCIe board that would run you about $16,000. I actually ran the numbers before the show, and it was closer to $13,000. So the board is the Destroyer 2? Uh, the whole kit, when it's all together, That's they, the they're Destroyer calling 3. it the Rocket 4 plus Destroyer 2. The board itself is called the High Point SSD 7540 PCIe 4.0. By 16 eight yeah. channel M2 <laughs> NVMe yeah, no raid controller. How was that yourself? not in the headline? <laughs> yeah. So they say we'll call it the Destroyer. Yeah, yeah. I like that better. Destroyer 2. Yeah. Because well, they've was done I this
0: before. It the R4 D2 Plus. <laughs> Basically. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Well, you know, I was thinking about it before the show. We have a storage appliance in the the wiring closet in there where we store our raw video, and it has 64 terabytes of spinning disk in it. That's the QNAP? Yes. Okay. And and that thing, uh, all said and done with all the drives and the hardware and stuff like that, it was, I, th- I believe it was like $24,000. But here you've got this one board, and that spinning disk, and that spinning disk. Yeah, seventy-two hundred. Dip- oh, actually, that might be ten k rpm. I don't know. But either way, they're spinning, so they're crap. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's what I've learned. Yeah. So this is this I'm is glad straight we know up we're B- putting B- everything on like the crappiest. It part, wasn't right? crap when we bought it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah the timing is uh, important, I guess. And as you can see, uh, they're not
0: giving them away, right? But
2: so if you were wanting to build out a storage server and you had a, 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 a desktop even laying around that had PCIe ports in it. You could throw these boards in there, and for for less than sixteen thousand dollars, have sixty
0: four terabytes of fast storage. That's that's pretty impressive. Well, obviously, this would be for a specific use case. This isn't your rando person at home going, "I got to keep my pictures of my kids." And it depends on how you many know, pictures. I mean, have. I guess they could, but yeah, how many? Grandkids? It seems <laughs> yeah. uh, improbable. Depends on how much they love their kids, yeah. Daniel. Mm, that's right. Well, I mean, I got two of these things. So, <laughs> kids <laughs> or these boards, yeah. Uh, both. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> have three kids. I do. Oh.
1: <laughs> so, if you had just some computer with PCIe sitting around, uh, it's also important to have a, a fast computer to I was about access to say, this.
0: What thing. is the oldest
1: computer
2: with PCIe for? Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, I I think in terms of, like, CPU, you wouldn't need much, right? Disk I.O. and Because this is a RAID controller. It's got its own hardware controller on it. So that's taken care of. Uh, But bandwidth, network bandwidth, right? So this thing can move. uh, They actually say the speed in here somewhere um, uh, about how much data it can move per second. And it was quite a bit. Uh, You know, normally you're kind of limited by SATA controllers to six gigabyte gigabit per second. That's the stuff that I never
0: remember. Uh,
2: I'll I'll cheat and say six gigs per second. <laughs> Leave the, the true unit of measure there off. There you go. Um, but this one was able to move something like 16.5, which means you could easily exceed the bandwidth of your network adapter. So you'd need like a 40-gig a network adapter connected to be able to to actually take
0: advantage of this. It's a
2: bit, because they say like you can get gigabit internet.
0: Yeah, so so here's the thing. It could right. be either, all oh, okay. right? Because okay. um, bits and bytes are both units of measurement for the – Yeah, but I thought one is is – It's just one's bigger bigger than other. This
2: one can do twenty eight gigabytes per second. So this one is actually measured in gigabytes. I stand corrected. Yep. So stay in your lane, bro. Well, (laughs) it's not computer. (laughs) So network bandwidth is almost always measured in in bits. Storage is (laughs) a little different. (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh, don't make me get to jank out <laughs> <laughs> this then is like dad being like well, you're both right I don't yeah, fight. Yeah. so uh Calm yeah if you
1: see boys. uh if you see a big qnap on ebay there uh that's ours and it comes with all of the it pro tv library uh in raw <laughs> format uh unedited so you can because uh, it that's would cost more want. it would cost more time for us to take that off of there i think so yeah Yep. Or with a big magnet, I guess we can do uh, that. We'll do the trick. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and just uh, read that headline one more time here.
3: <laughs> <laughs> just crypto shred them.
1: Oh, yeah, that's true. I don't think we'll get as much money for them.
0: No, well, with crypto, all the files will be there, but they're encrypted and you can't access them. What was so that? So you just uh,
2: delete them. What was that Bitcoin alternative that instead of proof of stake, it was proof of storage?
0: Uh, oh heck, I don't know. Oh, what was that? It was kind of Monero, Ethereum.
2: No, it was because nah, those are all Dogecoin. Those Real. are all uh, <laughs> proof of work. Yeah, uh, no, none. Of them I don't know. Different. I'm
0: just starting to throw now like okay. names
2: out. Huh. I gotta remember it. It, it was really Monkey popular coin. for a year or two, and people were buying up hard drives like crazy. And then they realized, "Wow, no, no value in this whatsoever." And it kind of went away.
1: Yeah, I heard it called like the crypto
2: winter or something. Now crypto winter, <laughs> crypto right. winter is coming. Yeah.
1: It's so cold <laughs> with no heat in my house because yeah. all my money is yeah. in my clear. board.
2: My board apes. <laughs> my board <laughs> apes. <laughs> i got to look up what that currency was. Yeah, it's going to kill you. Isn't it, it is. Yeah. Don, Don, put anyway. the gun down. <laughs> <about> the <next laughs> While you do that,
1: I will read uh, the next article here, which is from Cloudflare's blog. Uh, and this is uh, about— Cloudflare? Well, it's about the great Cloudflare outage of June 21st, 2022. As I have 20 pieces
2: it. of Cloudflare.
1: Do you really? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, if you,
0: if you just want to do the bare minimum, no, that's, yeah, uh, right. that's up to you. <laughs> that's up to you. People
1: <laughs> like Daniel here, He's uh, he's got 40 pieces of Cloudflare. Just saying. Oh. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, but uh, so great headline there uh, from the Cloudflare blog, Cloudflare Outage of June 21st, 2022. So does this explain actually what happened? Because oh, yeah. Because this yeah. was something that people <laughs> did, were talking about. Did you about. see how
0: long that article was? <laughs> I was looking for the thing that says read time, 45 minutes. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, and it's charts and graphs yeah. and everything. So I, I love Cloudflare. Uh,
2: oh, wait. Let me, let me back up here a little bit. I do not use Cloudflare for any Thing it's not all, your CD. Period. Right. <laughs> so so I, let me put that out there. Uh, so I, I literally do not give them a single dollar or use them for anything. I love not now, using cover. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that when they have an outage, they are totally open book about it. Like They, they really do. They tell yeah. you everything about the outage, what happened, and and they give you as little or as much detail as you want. So you could just read the first couple of paragraphs and get everything that you want, yeah. uh, but if you really want to learn and go further into it, they, they lay it all out and explain the, the fault of it. And so in this case, Cloudflare had an outage, and if you're not familiar with Cloudflare, well, if you're listening to the show, you probably are, but uh, you know they're kind of a, a middleman that sits in between web services and their customers, and they have denial of service protection. That's kind of what they started with, but they also do edge caching so they can cache copies of your data really close to your customers all over the world. So they've got uh, thousands of servers spread across hundreds of uh, POPs, points of presence that are are all over the planet. Uh, And a huge portion of the internet services that we use actually use Cloudflare for their services. So when Cloudflare has an outage, it affects some big names. I think they rattled off a few in the article, uh, but you know, it, it, it's stuff stuff that we we use. Yeah, on a regular here's basis. a list of the
1: people we screwed up. That, day. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, and uh, and so when they have an outage, it's it's pretty visible. Well, what happened was they were rolling an update out onto their system. Now they have multiple types of data centers, and they've been kind of uh, evolving and creating some new ones that are even more redundant than ever before. The problem is they were rolling a change out, and they tested it on what they consider their normal data centers they didn't test it on their latest and greatest data centers which are the ones that carry the most traffic yeah. so and, this is a dough. Uh, this is a dough. Yeah. <laughs> so when they started rolling the update out for the first hour everything was fine until they hit the first of their latest and greatest data centers and then uh, and then it hit the fan like i mean they just straight up outage uh really big problem because when you're the biggest cdn in the world that's what happened. That's right. <laughs> now, in this case, it was a problem with advertising BGP routes, and so their their primary data centers are, are behind these redundant switch arrays, and the the switching arrays, uh, which are actually like routers so there's layer three switching and those routers stopped advertising the the bgp networks that were on the back end which made it where the network engineers couldn't get into the equipment and they they had backup plans and other things that they put in place they were able to recover but it ultimately took them about an hour and a half to get back online uh and it was because (laughs) it's definitely a dough like they they tested on some systems but they didn't test on all the variations that they have uh, and so they they were very clear about that the article is a great
0: read if what's, you ever chance what's that. funny is through it. they said we're doing this to increase speed and yeah. so you know effectiveness and all of a sudden it is like no, oh, that's what I call ironic
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> we were able to make
0: this error extremely fast <laughs> yeah man it was killing it <laughs> yeah
2: and and they even it, it's almost like they jokingly mentioned it in there here like you yeah know, we were we were trying to make things better, and obviously we fell short of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so here's your outage.
1: I mean, uh, yeah. Are they this <clears throat> open about this stuff because there's not someone else that can just swoop in and, you know, you could say, well, screw them. I'm switching over to...
2: No, X. They're this, oh, well, it would be hard for somebody else to take yeah. their place because they, they really have invested heavily in that infrastructure. But like Amazon could potentially do it. Uh, I believe that the reason Cloudflare is so open about this is that they've got some really nefarious customers. Some really evil stuff happens behind Cloudflare services. Hmm. But Cloudflare takes the stance of saying, hey, we provide a service. We don't, you know, we're not right. the gatekeeper of what's okay and what's not. It's up to and you to
0: be responsible and not do the wrong thing.
2: So so they've been accused over the years of, like, supporting white supremacist organizations and human trafficking and so on. Because anybody can bring up a website yeah. with whatever they want and sign up for Cloudflare, stick it behind a Cloudflare server. and It's kind of hidden. And, and it, now they can say, oh, Cloudflare supports this by just... Right. right. yeah. And so Cloudflare has really tried to stay away from that. Uh, to to say you know to distance themselves from that potential side of the customer yeah uh, and so by being really open about everything else, they're basically saying like look look how transparent we are we're not doing anything evil we're a good good company mm. even though our customers might be and nasty. You now, right. uh, that being said, tons of legitimate companies are behind Cloudflare. So, yeah, well, if you um, got bad people, they, like, they rattled a whole list of them off. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, but if you've got bad people like white supremacists or the Taliban right. or Google, you know, using your service, right? If they start, bad. I
0: mean, uh, I'm, I'm sure that like no one you know,
1: extreme. <laughs> I was listing Google with white supremacists.
0: That would, that would be interesting. Uh, <laughs> that's but, funny. They're evil. <laughs> indeed. But I was, I was going to say, like, I know that like a lot of terrorist organizations use specific cell phones because they're easy to get their hands on uh, you know you're gonna start profiling people and going are you a terrorist yeah you. Know, say, yeah. Look at you i, I think that Cloudflare like has like we're just a service it's up to you to be responsible and not do wicked things you know we try to tell people that all the time uh, you know i was just doing um uh chris ward and i were, were doing the uh, copa 2019 and literally they are they have to set up rules and say don't do like um, criminal activities. Yeah, I mean, it's Don't probably in the terms your, of service when right. you sign up. You're exactly. You're if it. we catch you doing criminal activities, you're done. You know, so you, you got to kind of, like, yep. make that make that point first.
2: So uh, TechCrunch listed some of the companies that were behind it. So um, uh, Discord, obviously a big one, is if you do uh, yep. chat, gaming online. Uh, and when your Discord went down, if you tried to order food, well, unfortunately, uh, it looks like DoorDash was also <laughs> affected. NordVPN, Feedly, got uh, Register, Buffer, iSpirit, some of these I haven't heard of. All right, so maybe I not. thought
0: Cloudflare was AWS.
2: I... I would be surprised if Cloudflare didn't use some AWS services. yeah. But Cloudflare is an independent
0: organization. Okay, okay.
1: Yeah, because it lists their... Locations here where they have
0: <laughs> they're all in AWS. No, I, well, I mean, they're probably in the same cities. It's like yeah.
1: Amsterdam, Atlanta, Ashburn, Chicago, Frankfurt, London. You know, they're yeah. yeah in the same place. And
2: I know they do have a lot of their own hardware because of the sheer amount of bandwidth. Right. Remember, like AWS, and Azure, they bill for that egress traffic. Does does and
0: AWS have their own CDN? They do, don't they? What yeah. is Cloud, it
2: called? Uh, Cloud, Cloud Front. Front. That's, That's what it was. was. Yeah. Yes. And, boy, if there was a service that sounded like white supremacy, it would be Cloud front. wouldn't mm. it? I mean, Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah the <Jesus>. whitest <laughs> clouds.
2: Yes. <laughs> Only those.
1: Blessing. Well, yeah. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll stop there. Yeah, yes, you should. Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, a nice one that I—, I I saw that the day that this happened, and I was like, I'm sure we're not going to cover it on this week's TechNado because Don's going to wait till we find out what happened. And, and it's nice yes. that we did find a, a very uh, thorough report
0: yeah. right from it was it, mouth.
2: This one ties right back to automation testing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Perfect. All right. Well, let's move on now to an article from bleepingcomputer.com. Adobe Acrobat may block antivirus tools from monitoring PDF files. Is this uh, – was this a tinfoil hat? Oh, this is a tinfoil hat. Oh, man. You ruined it's it. Damn. I thought all of our other things were there, but... Wah, wah. The moon landing was fake. Paul McCartney's been dead <laughs> since
0: 1966.
1: Dogs can't see color. 5G causes
2: syphilis. Take Do you take. understand that? It's hard to find good hope yeah. these days. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> anyway, in our next segment, tinfoil hat time. Uh, this is from Bleeping Computer. Yeah, as I said, Adobe Acrobat may block antivirus tools for monitoring PDF files. So, the... This, why is this tinfoil <laughs> hat? Because thing? we don't know, uh, we don't know for sure if they're doing this. All right. Or... So
2: so I'll, I'll give you the backstory of why I think this one is a bit of tinfoil hat. So um, years ago now, I don't even remember exactly when, but it was a long time ago. Microsoft stepped in and said, all right, there's all these antivirus products that are out there. And when you install them, a lot of them hurt performance on the system. And so there's a ton of people out there complaining about how slow Windows is, when in reality, it's some of this antivirus software, not, Playing nice with the system, so Microsoft introduced a Windows API for antivirus software to interact with. And it wasn't long; it was a, after a couple of years where Microsoft said, "That's it. If you're an antivirus provider, you have to use our API. You're no longer allowed to directly interact with the uh, the kernel and the file system underneath." And so everybody had to switch to use the Windows API. And at the time, there were people who said, "This is not good." You know, you're, you're letting Microsoft middleman between your antivirus software and the stuff that it's trying to protect you from, uh, things could go bad. But here we are, years and years later, nothing really went bad, except what is going on with Adobe right now kind of adds a little credence to the people who are accusing uh, Microsoft of setting something up bad. So what happened is, uh, in the latest version of Adobe Acrobat, there are some antivirus software that when Acrobat opens a PDF that contains certain data, uh, Acrobat can, or not Acrobat, but your antivirus software can view the activity as being malicious and block opening the PDF. Well, normally what would happen is either Adobe would have to fix Acrobat to stop doing whatever this thing is that looks like it's a nefarious activity, or the antivirus providers would need to take some time to update their false positives to allow this through. But Acrobat or Adobe, decided to change a registry setting in Windows machines to make it where antivirus software would not be allowed to scan things that the Acrobat DLL was accessing. And that effectively made it where Acrobat could open up PDFs and your antivirus software was not allowed to scan it. So you could open up a truly malicious PDF even if you had antivirus software in there and it wouldn't be allowed to see it. So Adobe basically took the path of least resistance, the laziest solution, and said, (laughs) how can we fix this problem? We'll just disable people's antivirus. And in the old days, when every antivirus software interacted directly, you couldn't (laughs) disable it. But because they all go through the Windows API now... You can do that, and Adobe did. And so uh, some people thought it was a conspiracy theory before, but now we kind of see that this is an actual
0: thing. That's what they always say, until Alex Jones mentions it. (laughs) (laughs) He's
1: like, yeah, they're making the the Adobe Acrobat turn off antivirus, putting it in the water. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Well, and it makes you wonder. So they, they got caught uh adobe big company but are, are small companies doing this it's is a good other software doing this you know now we need to audit that we need to look and see is is anybody else changing this setting and and i'll bet you a lot of antivirus software is going to start monitoring that registry setting so if it's set to give you a warning and say warning we can't see everything yeah
0: yeah that makes sense that would that would be a good idea because i mean the, it gives you that false sense of security right like, i've got av installed it's up to date it's doing its thing and then you find out. Oh, what do you mean it's not doing its thing? Adobe, what what the hell are you doing? Yeah, right. And that, and especially with PDFs, because PDFs has long been a vector for distributing malware. Right? You get a you get a PDF, you open it, you get an attachment in your email, and you think, oh, cool, I got my PDF that I'm looking for or whatever. And it's all sorts of nasty on the back end. Looking in, putting rats and all that uh, into your system. Actual rats. Yeah, actual rats. Like, <laughs> it's
1: not Road a Ditch, yeah. Actual That's rats,
2: cool. like you see at Applebee's.
0: Yeah. Oh,
1: man. <laughs> 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 the views of Don Pizzette do not reflect the views of Don Pizzette. That's right. Despite the name. Yeah, anything to do with Applebee's. The big question is why is Harry Potter wearing a tinfoil hat here?
2: Daniel, while you were talking, it reminded me didn't you do an antivirus bypass? Yeah, video or something a while back how not not too in the weeds but like how, oh, yeah. how were you able to get around antivirus
0: so i used a couple of methods a uh amc right which is the mechanism that windows uses for you know not not everybody wants to have defender on their system right so if you're running a third party amc kind of goes oh okay i'll, I'll kind of calm defender down and let you handle this right but if you're not that's, that's the mechanism to make sure there is antivirus running, and it does check the, the different you know, files and everything for maliciousness. So I turn that off. So there's AMSI bypass techniques, and that's, that was one method, mech, mechanism for doing that. The other was through obfuscations and running um, code in memory, so doing fileless malware attacks instead of writing to disk. So that's fun. It is a good time. <laughs> yeah so uh, attackers can take advantage of this stuff so oh th- yeah the, the threat is real
2: the threat and, is, real. What and about we're is starting real? to see that uh and you know speaking of real uh peter mentioned harry potter uh, yeah there's a picture of weird <laughs> al
1: behind us for those just listening uh in his tinfoil hat but
2: we were talking before the show because i'm excited i, I don't know when the biopic comes out but they're doing the weird al movie and uh daniel radcliffe is playing weird al which i
0: cannot fathom <laughs> yeah, that'd be interesting That'd be interesting He's actually a decent actor he's I've seen actor. him some stuff That's not Harry Potter And he did mm-hmm. a good job So
1: See that movie I, was, I think it was an Amazon Prime movie Where he uh, Like the drug dealers came and, and he got in trouble And so they They tie Or they screwed guns to his hands No and oh. He had to he like, I
0: haven't seen it But oh, I
1: know it's crazy. Of it it's, What is this? Yeah, they, like yeah. he has to Like survive a day You know With yeah. it, chasing
0: him and stuff But he's got like Literally like drilled into his hands So we've been uh, talking about White supremacists He did a movie <laughs> About uh, being an FBI. He was an FBI agent that went undercover. And Different got, movie. Yeah. He <laughs> got into a white supremacist cell and was helping take them down. It was really oh. good. He did a great job. I haven't seen that one. Yeah. Huh. He's a... Oh, dead. is that Black Klansman? <laughs> yeah, that
2: was it. Black Klansman. <laughs> Man, he's a good Nailed actor. Nailed it. I guess, <laughs> I guess he's trying to get away from being stereotype or cast that reminds
1: me i I need to mention this because uh this was pointed out to me and this was one of those just stupid aha moments but we were talking about um the movie tenant and and we're when we were talking about uh deja vu okay and i said that movie tenant's very similar to that and i said i can't remember the name of the actor it is denzel washington's son no way. That's who the guy is. That's funny. And he's the guy in Black Klansman oh, okay. as well. Same, oh, gotcha. okay. Same dude. But that's why I was like, oh, okay, that now... Because c- somebody made a joke about, like, no, that's his dad. I'm like, ha <laughs> I think. know I'm like, oh, I'm like, like no, on, that's his dad. <laughs> it's just one of those, I never had put that together, but his last name's Washington. It's like, that's John funny, something Washington. But, um, yeah, great actor, but uh, yeah. it's funny. So the,
2: the problem is you, you couldn't see the likeness because he wasn't walking in front of fire. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's if, true. If he had walked there in front were of fire, explosively Yep,
0: Denzel for him to ignore <laughs> that, even though he was in burning distance, yeah, yeah. he he acted like he wasn't there. His
1: name? It's John David Washington, yeah. David And when you look at him, then you're like, oh, okay, I can I can see there's resemblance. in the way he talks a little bit has has that same kind of uh, uh gait that that Denzel has. It's kind of famous. But anyway, so we've got to take a quick break. Uh, This next segment is sponsored by Applebee's, home of your neighborhood (laughs) bar and grill. Uh, Applebee's on a date night. (laughs) Rats are free. (laughs) Uh, So we'll be right back here on TechNado with Don Pezet.
3: My name is Dana Morrison. I'm the IT director at Grace Christian School in Raleigh, North Carolina. I work with two technicians, Buddha and Anthony. We cover all grades at the school. We figure that we Support approximately 800 end-user devices. My name is Buddha Nepal. I work as IT support here and AV specialist. I moved into IT department and and, and our first meeting and other team members asked me, "Hey, what's your IT background?" And I was like, "I don't have any." We have this SharePoint project that we're rolling out, so I was able to go to IT Pro TV and um, watch and. By the end of this month, we're actually migrating all our files to SharePoint. I can use IT Pro TV's uh, supervisor portal to check the progress of my technicians, so I can see what they're looking at. So when we were doing SharePoint training, I can go in and I can see that Buddha is hitting on that content. I really want to see hands-on how they do things, and if there was an IT Pro TV, I don't know how I would have done that. IT Pro TV has given us the ability to level up our technicians to a point where they can decide this is important for me to learn and go out and learn. At home I have Apple TV and there's an app there and so I actually watch an Apple TV. I, I watch it in my iPad too. Saturday mornings I still get up early, 6.30 I go grab a cup of coffee, I sit down on the couch and I typically watch two or three episodes uh, as I just kind of increase my own learning skill set. I would recommend IT Pro TV. Uh, to any IT team that is looking to extend their knowledge, uh, it offers a great, easy to access, interactive, entertaining uh, environment. It's just a great tool uh, for any IT professional.
2: IT pros who want to learn on the go? The IT Pro TV Android app is for you. Now it's better than ever with the dashboard view built in. Easily resume viewing, see new courses as they're added, and track your hours viewed. Start up your next episode with the touch of a button to binge-watch on the go. Track your progress at a glance, and download episodes as an annual member for offline viewing. Access all Pro TV courses with a simple button. Choose landscape mode for larger viewing. Choose your course by category, certification, or job role. Watch anywhere and pick up later on your favorite devices. So head to the App Store and download the IT Pro TV app.
1: All right, welcome back to TechNator with Don Pasette. Thank you again, Applebee's. Uh, great place. <laughs> Those ribs. Those ribs. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's chilies so I, I, so. I was about to start singing i know like, i about to chilies that's like the Apple only thing i get it at, at, all at, well, Chili's chilies and applebee's ribs but all i
1: think of now uh, when i hear that is uh austin powers oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah fat bastard oh yeah want my baby back get in my belly all right. uh all right <laughs> let's move on uh we've got just a couple more articles to get to but they are some good ones uh our first one is that makes no sense
0: uh, it make no sense. Uh,
3: it make no sense. Uh, it make no sense. What no, no you talking
1: about Willis? Yeah, I, f- I finally finished that show. He was it's in Pacific sunny.
0: Rim and which one of the better characters that. What show are we talking about? It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Charlie Charlie Day. Yeah. All right. Uh, this one comes to us from ArsTechnica.com. Let's see what makes no sense. The M2 MacBook Pro's 256 gig SSD is only about half as fast as the M1 versions. The higher capacity versions of the new MacBook Pro don't seem to be affected. So, so it's just the 256. But why on earth would they be slower than than the M2 or so than a, the M1?
2: There's a couple of reasons for it. But first off, I hate this headline. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, I hate this headline because it says it's half as fast. I would like to say that it's twice as slow. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically, what's going on here is that with the M1 MacBook if you bought, the, it bought it with 256 gigs of storage, and remember, Apple MacBooks are non-upgradable, so you can't increase or decrease the storage after you get it. Uh, but if you bought one with 256 gigs of storage, inside, it actually had two 128-gig drives. And then, you know, it just combined them. I, I don't know if it actually did a stripe or not, but it combined the two, so you ended up with 256 gigs of storage. Well, with the M2 MacBook Pros, now they just have one 256 gig drive in them. The problem there is you get half the bandwidth to it, right? You're down to one disk, and so it operates significantly slower. So and it
0: does sound like it is striping if it's doing that. Like you're getting that speed increase because you're writing oh, bits of pe- that. Right, right, yeah. yeah.
2: So uh, uh, you know they didn't announce this. I, I, I distinctly remember when um, Tim Cook was up on on stage and he was announcing this as being the greatest MacBook Pro you've ever used and uh, the best MacBook Pro to come out this year. Uh, he didn't say, by the way, it's um, the slowest, half as fast. <laughs> he would never say slowest. That's not a word. Uh, half as fast as last year's, uh, but it does boil down to that drive configuration. In fact, if you get the 500 gig model or the terabyte model, it's not a problem. Because it's back right. to having more than one disk inside yeah. of it, uh, but while it's it's that one model, the 256 gig, it's actually slower. The slower storage on an M2 model than you had on the M1
0: model, which is a bit of a black eye for them. That is indeed because I mean, Apple hardware is known for being the best, right? It is the Cadillac, it is the Lexus, Mercedes, whatever you like. They they do have great hardware, but this was just this was probably like an oversight. What do you think? You think this was just like, oh yeah? That's my
2: bad. You know, I, I feel like maybe, but they have engineers. Some of the best engineers in the world that are designing this stuff, and it seems like they would have tested it out beforehand. But this is a pretty big difference on the uh, the two-disc model you would um, get.
0: They had to know that this was going to get <laughs> noticed. Yeah, right? I mean, these Like, are... how many YouTube channels out there do benchmarking? Exactly. And that's all they do, right? The, oh, the new thing came out. Let's benchmark it. They're like, wait, something oh, yeah right here. Oh, I right. must have That's mixed these right. two up. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
2: But to give you an idea, uh, the tests that, uh, let's see, these were run by MaxTech. So MaxTech ran some tests, and they were getting 2.9 gigabytes per second on an M1 MacBook Pro. Uh, but on the M2 MacBook Pro, they were getting uh, 1.4 gigabytes per second. So Which is uh, It's a little less, less. than half. It's yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. So, Judges?
0: Uh, Yes, judges say it is less. Confirmed, smaller number.
2: So I I would be irritated by that, although I wouldn't get the 256 model because it's just not enough storage. And this is uh, not like
1: Golf where the lower number is better. Correct. (laughs) No, not in this case.
2: Nope. Uh, So you certainly want it to be faster. So the the moral of the story here is if you're buying a MacBook Pro right now, you probably want to get a 500-gig model or higher because you get better disc performance. But I bet, now that this is hit press, I bet Apple does a recall yeah. on the one. Because they haven't sold that many of them just yet, so it's easy to recall now. Uh, and then new models to get updated.
0: Yeah. Instead of dealing with a bunch of, I don't like this anymore. Can I have that one instead? Yeah.
2: <laughs> now, it could also be a supply chain thing. I oh, bet yeah. maybe, be. maybe when they released the M1, it was supposed to have a single disc, but they had to go double disc oh, because they of they supply went, yeah. chain. And so now they're getting burned on that. So
0: the question becomes, like, if I'm in the marketing department at Apple... I'm like, do we release this with a like uh, an asterisk next to some of our marketing stuff that says, you know, disputes will vary, blah blah blah, blah. you know, <laughs> kind of give you a little blurb about it not being quite as fast as far as the disk goes. No, you. But everything else is amazing. You all of a sudden say this is a
1: feature where if one of your if your drive fails, <laughs> yeah. you only lose half of your data. That's true. <laughs>
0: That's true. Because I'm uh, a Stripe. You lose half that stripe, all the stripes gone. Uh,
2: I'm curious now, now that Peter mentioned it, if I go to buy a MacBook Pro, does it ever mention the speed that it gets? Um, Because I don't think it does. There's there's a turtle
0: icon next to it. Because, again, they know that people are going to benchmark. I mean, you would have to be completely like, tone-deaf to not realize that is going to happen. People are going to run tests, especially with the new ones. They want to see how well they do compared to the old ones. And that's going to be the immediate first thing that they notice is that this disk speed is slow.
1: Though, if if you just put that number of 1.4 or whatever, I think most people... And and probably most most Mac purchasers, or the majority you are don't right. know what that number means, yeah, they would go, right. "Oh wow, it's got 1.4 or whatever.
0: I would say it's probably fifty fifty. I would say that yeah. like half of those people are like, "I just bought an Apple because I saw it on Real Housewives, and that's what yeah. they have, <laughs> right?" And then you got the the tech pros that use them for their yeah. purposes. Then go, they would
1: know. Yeah, oh, this is some... but they're not. Mm. But as to Don's point, they're not in the market for the two fifty six.
0: That's that's it. Pro- that might be true. So in some cases, yeah. they probably are.
2: Um. You know, I I don't know if this is in relation to this article or not, but I'm on Apple's website and I cannot find an M2 MacBook Pro. Oh. Um, so either all Air
0: 3s they're putting the yeah.
2: I I wonder if they've temporarily pulled it. Wow. Well, no, like, they, like, said like, they, they, just they would the just pull, pull the low storage. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm not sure that would be. I'm not seeing because I was going to pull up on their website and see if they ever made a claim on speed. Uh, you know, even here, I'll just look at the the old ones. Uh, so looking at the old ones, they'll tell you like, yeah, it comes with an SSD drive. Uh, they're not even telling you that it's NVMe at that point. So like, it could be a true SSD, which would be significantly slower. Hmm. Uh, so if they're if they're not making a claim of speed, they don't have to do anything, and they let. I mean, they don't let that butterfly keyboard last way too long. They do. So Apple. Apple will, will right. basically flip you the bird if they, yeah. <laughs> they don't care. This
0: ain't their first hardware faux pas. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, I just got this statement from Apple. that says, sucks for you. <laughs> so, it's uh, from their legal department. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so that should take care of that. Um, yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's uh, shift gears now to our last segment for the day, which we talked about dough earlier. You know, the Homer Simpson dough uh, making a mistake. But this one's even more doughy. <laughs> All right, this comes to us from theguardian.com. Japanese city worker loses USB containing personal details of every resident. So my question here is, is the the dough that he lost it? Or the dough is that a USB containing the personal details of every resident existed?
2: (laughs) Why? So there's a few details about this one that are interesting. So first off, you know, this was a, a subcontractor who did indeed have not just one, but actually had two (laughs) USB keys. One was a backup. Yeah, that's smart. (laughs) So he had
0: them both. Because if I lose this. (laughs) So I'm going to put them in the same place.
2: (laughs) And it contained the personal information of over 460,000 people. And when I say personal information, it had their date of birth, their identifiers. It had their banking information because this was used for uh, benefits. It was
0: COVID-19 relief funds. Really? That's what it said in the article. Oh, was it? I yeah. thought that was a different thing. Nope. Okay.
2: Yeah. So uh, so either way, it had, like, deposit information for how money was to be paid to these people. It really sensitive stuff. Now, the USB keys were encrypted and password protected, so that's good, right? That That kind of takes the sting out of this. But this guy basically had a bag that had these USB keys in it, went out drinking with some work buddies, and drank so much. That he lost consciousness. And uh, I wanna see
0: this show up in uh, end user security awareness training now. Like, yeah, yeah. here's the scenario. It's okay to drink, just yeah, stay yeah. conscious. Yeah. Just have, yeah. have a glass of water for every two drinks. This is why we use encryption on our USB keys. So
2: he he wakes up and realizes he's lost the discs, right? Uh, doesn't report it right away, instead, goes and spends hours looking for the discs, trying to find Wait, them. Is
1: this the hangover for? Kind of, because yeah. he didn't remember yeah. where
2: he was. <laughs> So finally, Mike Tyson shows, yeah, (laughs) knocks his tooth (laughs) out. So finally, he does report it to the authorities, uh, and then because this is the city that's involved, the authorities then go on a search. And so the the company and the authorities, like everybody's out there searching for this bag. Ultimately, they did find the bag and recovered the USB keys. Now, did they really? uh, They did. They they recovered the USB keys. So so both the the
0: original and his backup, they (laughs) recovered the whole bag. We're in the same bag. Oh yes.
2: Yep. Okay. They now, found
0: his jankum. They found everything. No, I wanted they- to announce this by you,
2: Daniel, because, uh, uh, you know, they did say the disks were encrypted and password yeah. protected, right? So if you were to find these on the street, you'd have to break it. Right. right. And breaking a password on these things is pretty hard, especially if you know nothing it. Depends on the password. It, right. Right. Well, yeah, so. This doesn't sound like the brightest guy. <laughs> a government official made an announcement, and I, I don't have it here, but, uh, but he basically came out and he said, you know, don't worry, we lost it, we're very sorry. Uh, But it is encrypted, your data is most likely safe. It was encrypted with a 13 character alphanumeric password.
0: Mm. Yeah. All
2: right. So by yeah. saying that, doesn't just that made make it You, you just totally to reduce much? the
0: time because I'm just using 13 characters. Because I don't have to spend yeah one right. through 12 or 14. Right. You have whatever. exponentially reduced the amount of time it's going to take me to right. crack that password. And he said it was alphanumeric, so no special characters. Right.
2: Right. Oh my so God. I now mean, that
0: he could have just been saying that, like. As far as the alphanumeric part, 13 seems very specific. It does seem specific. Right? So I'm going to bank on 13 characters is where it's at. Alphanumeric might have just been like him not thinking, oh, I also need to say special characters. Mm-hmm. It was just easy to flow. But even then, even then, you just turned this into like a couple of, at, at probably a tops, like a couple day job.
2: Wow. Yeah. See, that, that's what I was wondering. Because when, when I read that announcement, yeah, it's not in this article. It was in a different article. Um uh, that that he said that i was thinking man they can't first off, they can't really prove if anybody read the disks or not, right? right? So somebody could have copied the information off of them yep. and then put them back in the alley. Yes. Unlikely. I, you know, these probably weren't actually. Yeah, that would be very
0: sophisticated. Like yeah, someone well, that, like, that knew this was coming. Right. This was awesome. And, and, was, and was buying the guy drinks yeah, all night. Yeah. <laughs> can't wait for him to black out and I keep putting these uh, flories in there. Yeah. Because yeah. you, you could copy
1: the encrypted data and just be holding it until you had the key.
2: Right. Okay. And and if they hadn't recovered it, and I, I don't know if his announcement came out before they recovered it or not. Actually, it had to have come out before because otherwise he wouldn't have said like don't worry about that but anyhow um so if if you recover these discs and then you hear about it on the news and so you're like wait now i know what i have yeah and i know it's got value and i know it's a 13 character password and that
1: that is bad opsec right there yeah out out of curiosity i was thinking about you know the the steps after something like this happens can you set up a, a usb key so that if it is put in somewhere it phones home sure
0: Yeah, I mean... It's basically a rubber ducky at that point. Yeah, not a normal USB key, right? Yeah, Um, I mean, you could do like an auto-run
2: feature. You could do a canary token if somebody opened a file on it. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Okay. Okay yeah
1: because yeah, that would be like for for important data like this that yeah you know, it's, again why is it leaving the office and why you know but if it does you know, that'd be a cool way to kind of yeah, secure
2: it I, I don't know have you heard of canary tokens before Mm-mm. so uh, there's a website you can go to yeah. I like, forget what it is but uh, if you Google search canary token uh, but you can create like word documents and image files and stuff like that where if somebody opens them it triggers an action to phone home okay and so the idea is you create a word document titled my passwords yeah. or a, a picture <laughs> so they you know, all start here. Yeah. My hot wife, or you know something, and you you then stick it on the USB key, and so if somebody recovers it and they open that file, that makes it phone home on their system. Now you don't need special hardware. Gotcha. Uh, but like a rubber ducky, that that's special yeah. hardware, and that that's USB
0: in key. the USB. Yeah, right. that, that is. But I, I, correct me if I'm wrong. You can set up like a normal USB. To like auto run yeah. a batch file or whatever, because
1: we've done that. I've done that for marketing where you know you'll you'll send out right. You know before this was. yeah, <laughs> okay, you're giving thing. this away. <laughs> no, but you would you would. Uh, I mean, we used to do it on CDs too. But like yeah. when you send a marketing CD, it right. would auto run the 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 flash presentation or but whatever. That, I'll show you how old it is. But that's like
2: the old days, right? The yeah. auto run to INF files. Plus, there's yeah, like
0: another. There's like a little. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess that's not a USB key because right. They, they typically do use special hardware that like a it's like baby Arduino's and th- things like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's kind of what a rubber ducky actually is when you buy one. Yeah,
1: that related to to uh,
0: baby Groot. To yeah, baby Yoda and baby Yoda.
2: Yeah, uh, canarytokens.org org is the uh, the website that uh, I was mentioning a moment ago, and you can generate. They do um, URL links, uh, fake AWS keys. That's cool. That's nice. Somebody tries to use the key, <clears throat> that's a neat one. Uh, they got a bunch of other ones. A Windows folder. I wonder how that works.
1: Oh, so if someone tries to use the key, then you get alerted. Right. You they're, get yeah, alerted. That's where this. They
2: can do a, a PDF. Uh, you know, just a bunch of different things, and each one is basically a token. That if somebody, I wonder, uses it,
0: I wonder if uh, Acrobat is stopping Canary tokens. Say, yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's callback. <laughs> Very cool. Good stuff. Good stuff,
1: Daniel. I want to let you know about uh, some webinars we have coming up. Let's see what our next one is here. Uh, it is Small Business Security, Best Practices to Protect Organizations. Uh, it's on Thursday, July 3rd. Uh, and that's uh, Wes Bryant with Eric Semmel uh, taking place here. So head over to itpro.tv slash webinars. You can see it on the screen there uh, to uh, register for the latest ones. You can also use that same link to go back and uh, see all the past ones Uh Daniel had a really good one with Zach Hill uh, just last week, the week before last, uh, on, on security. So, uh, a lot of security uh, focused stuff coming out. But, yep, check that all out at slash webinars. And then, while you're on that internet, head over to technado.com. Uh, you can see all the uh, latest episodes and great features there. You can meet the team, uh, you can send in some, uh, some feedback or Um, tell us all the things we said wrong or why it's gigabit and not gigabyte or (laughs) or whatever. Tell us how fast your your M2
0: chip is. (laughs) About your M3, yeah, yeah. If you put a two and a one together, now if you're driving an M3 and using your M2, oh man, and you're shooting an M1, (laughs) all at the same time, you have reached nirvana. Please do not call
1: us until you have stopped driving (laughs) and shooting and shooting. No, you can do that. That's fine. There's some
0: police officers here. I'm sending them an email from my MacBook. (laughs) Oh man, we're gonna be on the news Uh, again, uh, in a bad way again. Never good
1: news. Uh, Our listeners. to have a problem. All right, but uh but head over there and you can also click the big orange button that says sponsored by IT Pro TV and get a 30% off coupon code for the lifetime of your personal membership to IT Pro TV. Uh that's all over there at technado.com. You can also request a team trial and find out the great features available to teams from IT Pro TV as well. So, check that out. Well, uh Don good having you back in studio. Yep. Yep. Uh I'll be out next week, but uh you know i'm i'm sure we can get like a, a monkey or something to yeah. to sit here and and, <laughs> and, and not mispronounce presidents. oddly
0: enough <laughs> we have a monkey scheduled too oh fantastic! <laughs> yeah, that great that's great yeah. uh yeah but uh but good episode as you were saying that's, Yeah, this this, this was, was a was fun some, one
1: some yeah. fun stuff a couple doughs.
2: Yeah. So we're gonna wrap this one up. Head to Applebee's. Yeah. Let's do it. It's
1: almost happy hour. <laughs> Get some At of them your rats. Neighborhood bar and grill. <laughs> Applebee's All <right>. got
2: rats. <laughs> no, no.
1: Uh, we'll see you next week right here on TechNator with Dom Bisette. <laughs>